the Performers Pod. I'm Chelsea Poe, and today I'm with Lainey Day. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Chelsea. I'm honored to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like whenever I see like really pretty girl girl porn across my Twitter timeline, it's always like something you're making. <laughs> and yeah, I haven't had any Australians on at all so far. So I feel like that's such a important porn scene around the world. And like, it feels like it's so kind of insulated because you guys are so isolated from the rest of the world geographically. Yeah. So I just want to hear about how you got into porn and how it kind of works in Australia. Well, yeah, thank you. Um, I'm glad that you that you find my my work really pretty. I think I've been lucky, at least at the beginning of my career, to work with people who have like just a very talented photographic eye. Um, you might have noticed that the kind of predominant aesthetic in Australian porn is this kind of girl next door, hairy, yeah amateur young mm -hmm. kind of look um yeah so I think a lot of it has been shot around that style but yeah I didn't really start making my like shooting my own porn until the pandemic happened because I was too lazy and I, I like just getting paid and then <laughs> being able to leave <laughs> um but yeah, yeah it's a lot of work Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'll start with how I got into it. Well, um, I, when I was growing up, I was quite into photography. Like as a teenager, I, I had like a pirated version of Photoshop and I would <laughs> like take photos of myself and like, you know, put them through some filters and like, you know, add bits and pieces and then upload them to DeviantArt. Oh my god, DeviantArt. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's, yeah, that was like the original like alt modeling site, I feel like. Yeah, totally. And I feel like that's kind of, that was my true entry into um, publishing photos of myself online. And I learned some Photoshop skills through that. Um, and then I moved away so I graduated high school, I moved from Darwin to Melbourne and I had this boyfriend at the time and we were long distance. So I started like sending him nudes. And then I was like, oh, I find this is like really fun. Um, and then I started posting my nudes on Reddit and they got really popular. And I was just like getting so turned on and so like high from all of the, like the attention. You have, <laughs> you have the exhibitionist streak. Do you have the exhibitionist streak a little bit as well? I think so. I think I'm like yeah. a shy exhibitionist. Like, like, especially at that stage of my life, I was so shy. But to be able to, you know, go onto the internet and have all this positive feedback was like such a good feeling. Um, and then I, I started uni um, and I was just like a typical like broke uni student and I saw an, like a little paper advertisement for like nude modeling and I was like you know I, I'm already 
taking photos of myself and posting them on the internet, like, I feel like this is something I could do. I, I may as well get paid for it. Um, do you so have those, I, did you ever get those photos? Oh, my, the old ones from Reddit? No, the, your first photo shoot you did for the uni. Oh, so that was actually, I was at uni at the time, but I did the photo shoot for a different, like a porn company. Oh, it was for a porn company. Yeah, but um, they just advertised with like little like leaflets around the city. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> to kind of make it look like it's a, it's somebody's, I don't know, like a little project, but they're actually like a reasonably big company. Um, yeah, I just like called the number and, and the project itself was like taking photos of myself nude. Um, and that was almost exactly 10 years ago today. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh my God. We get, I get an anniversary on this podcast. It's so amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I was 19, I'm 29 now, and... Um, oh, wow, we started porn at, like, nearly the exact same time. Yeah, I, it was oh, my 10-year yeah. anniversary of camming, I think, last week. <gasps> oh, my yeah. gosh! That's, That's crazy. So beautiful. What wow. did you do for your anniversary? Um, This month has been a lot. We, um, yeah. we went to an award show, that was really fun, I ended up winning, so that was great and was a camming award yeah but then I was beautiful yeah but then I was in like the middle of this like giant BBC scandal really dramatic kind of the reason I started this podcast yeah I um I saw that online and like (laughs) really like good on you for speaking out against that because that kind of like vile hate speech transphobia is just like so unacceptable and yeah thank you so much Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's was such an uncomfortable interview and so wild. And yeah, it's just nice to have a regular like last two weeks. Like everything has been so boring and great. So (laughs) yeah, I haven't really had time to process 10 years in porn, 10 years in camming, all that. What did you do to celebrate yours? (laughs) Well, so I kind of have two anniversaries because this was the time that I shot my first porn Mm. shoot but it wasn't actually published until January of 2011 no no January 2012 so I feel like I should take my true anniversary from when it was like published um but I have some ideas I'm not sure if I'll act them out but I, I kind of have been fantasizing about doing like a like a lesbian orgy scene with some of my friends I'm surprised like the Australian sites don't do more lesbian orgies because it feels like it's like all really soft girl girl. Mm. Like, why don't you guys just do one giant one? I don't know why a company hasn't thought of that in Australia. I think um, the company Girls Out West around like a few years ago, this was when Marina Lee was starting to work with them. Um, she told me that her first shoot ever with them was like a giant lesbian orgy and it was just this like really kind of blissful moment and it came in this uh, period of her life where she was really like 
coming into her queerness and and yeah and I think so I think I used to shoot them more wow. often I was I was actually also involved in like a wedding orgy which happened on the day that gay marriage was legalized in oh my god Australia. <laughs> that's so amazing wow my so what I thought the shoot would be was that we were all going to get married that we'd, we'd have like 10 <laughs> performers and then we're going to be like yeah gay marriage is legal let's just marry everyone <laughs> like, but um it's yeah so wild like a generation of gays we all have that now in our country where we like remember yeah. what we were doing that day like it's really wild because I yeah. never thought it was going to happen like in our lifetimes it didn't it felt so far away I completely agree and I just I have so much gratitude to the people who came before us who Mm -hmm. fought so hard for so long to make this happen and to give the next generation something that they that they didn't have so so thankful for that um, wow, yeah. that's heartwarming right there. We're like 10 minutes in and we have the heartwarming moment about gay marriage. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. So you're, um, how did you like get from your first shoot there where you're shooting nudes to like really knowing that it's a thing you wanted to pursue? Um, I shot maybe... I don't know, maybe four or five sets for this company. And I think between, I think in the six months between when I started shooting for them and when I turned 20, I had been offered a job as a photo editor at the company. Oh, wow. So I think that was kind of, that was kind of the stage where I started to identify more as a sex worker, I guess, because I would go to parties and stuff and people would be like, like, what do you do? I'd be like, I work at a porn company. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Or they'd be like, wow, you know, what's the worst experience you've ever had? <laughs> you know, that's so terrible. <laughs> that's like definitely your early experiences when you're like either like just in uni or like you're just like getting into it where you're around a lot of people who have no idea about porn. Just like the immediate reactions are so horrific sometimes. It's yeah, it's really true. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open in my life, but I do sometimes pick like my battles with like who I'm going to come out to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that job, like I, I enjoyed the work. Like I did really enjoy um, the actual photo editing of it, but um yeah, I, I don't entirely like endorse this company and I, and I do feel a bit regretful for some of the things that I did while working at the company. Because um, I think I was young and I didn't, I was having a lot of pressure put on me and looking back, I think that I kind of exerted a little bit of like um, internalized like Phobia in the way that mm. I would edit the photos, but was kind of encouraged to do that. But anyway, um, 
yeah, so I kind of went from doing nude photos to like masturbation videos to girl girl shoots. And my first girl girl shoot was also the first time I had ever had sex with a woman. Oh my God. I've talked to someone else who's had that first experience. So were you like into girls before and you just never had it happen or? Yeah, I had known that I was into girls like since I was kind of a teenager, mm-hmm. but it's kind of, I think the easiest path, especially cause I'm from quite a small city where there is not much queer representation and like I only knew one out gay person at my school (laughs) and yeah so I was dating men but I I met this guy who was the first queer person I ever met um he was bi and he he had this like he had this quite like feminine look and he really um he really like valued his feminine looks and feminine qualities. And I thought that that was so attractive in a, in a man. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. men are usually so like, Macho um, and... yeah. yeah. Um, and he was, yeah, openly bi. And I think he was the first person I could really talk to about that where I like, Oh, this is like a legit sexuality. Like this is like valid. And it was while I was in a relationship with him that I was like, well, you know, I'd really like to have this, like do this shoot because I've always been interested in women and I've never really had the opportunity. Um, Yeah. And I remember at the end of that shoot, my partner, like watching my partner, like masturbate to orgasm with her hand which is something that I had literally never been able to do in my life. Mm-hmm. And I remember just like watching her and seeing, you know, how like her chest flushed and how concentrated she got. And like, it was just so beautiful. And the next day I like went home and I tried it myself. <laughs> I was able to make myself come with my hand for the first time. And I was oh like, my God. yay. <laughs> I learned something new. (laughs) That's so amazing that you had that first experience on camera. Like, do you have that scene now? And like, I I do have that scene now. Um, I, yeah. So at the beginning of the scene, I remember we were kind of positioned and I think my partner said, what do you want me to do to you? And I said something like, oh, like kiss me and then, you know, uh, kiss me down to my nipples and then like run your hand down my thigh and start teasing me or something like that. And the director immediately responded with, don't narrate it, just do it. So he essentially told us not to communicate at all. Oh my god. And we had not had a boundaries discussion beforehand. Like it was literally my first time with a woman and that just that feedback just like scared me out of communicating. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I mean, what the that's 
really concerning that you were put in that situation. I'm really glad it was a great experience for you, but that's a wild yeah. situation to be thrown into as a performer. Um, yeah, usually every scene you talk to your partners before, maybe five minutes before, and you just kind of have an outline. Wow. I'm so sorry it, that you were put in that situation. Thank you. Um, it's kind of interesting. Like, I, I feel like I've been in the decade that I've been in Australian porn, I've noticed like companies becoming much more aware of um, the need for boundaries discussions mm. and the need for consent and all of that kind of thing. Because I think that for the first few years that I would do girl girl scenes, we actually wouldn't really talk about what we liked or our boundaries or any of that oh, beforehand wow. and then it started to come in after a few years and I was like oh this is actually this is actually wonderful I mean <laughs> this is this improves my experience greatly <laughs> I'm sure it improves the porn as well when both people know what they're supposed to be doing oh it's so important like I couldn't <laughs> imagine doing it without that now Actually, I think it was Abby Winters was the first company that I shot with who really um, encouraged uh, open open boundaries discussions before shoots. Did you shoot in Australia for them or did you shoot in Europe? My first shoot for them was in Australia. And I, I think it's a really beautiful shoot. Like it's shot in the Australian bush and we walked to like a, a clear stream with a bridge over it, sunset light. And I kind of like flashed my boobs like on the bridge and it all looks very sort of <laughs> romantic and beautiful. Um, so I did one shoot in Australia and then in 2015, they offered to fly me to Amsterdam and do like a, I think it was about a, month maybe three weeks of of like consistent shooting and that was honestly like I had such a good time on that trip it was one of the happiest times of of my oh, life so up great. until that point I love shooting porn in Amsterdam so much it just like has such a good feeling around it yeah because you're um you're part dutch have you have you always yeah. lived in the united states or are you um you, have so you lived in i'm from this before? okay so i'm from this little town named holland it's in michigan though so everything looks ah. like the netherlands there and everyone's dutch Whoa. yeah <laughs> wow. so it's very strange um yeah so when i go back it's always like if i go to the netherlands it's like oh my god not only is this everything i grew up with it's also like pro sex work and stuff Yes. where I'm from is very conservative so it was such a culture shock just being like wait this is all the same stuff I grew up with this is my culture but it's very pro-sex work so yeah oh, yeah I do love that I remember when I was in uh in the Netherlands you know like Abby Winters would just have like uh like locals who would allow them to shoot on their properties or in their houses and I thought that was really cool that they could be open about it that they could yeah. like openly advertise like hey we'd like to shoot porn 
can we do it in your house? We'll pay you. And that people were like, yeah, sure. Why not? Go for yeah, it. People don't <laughs> view sex work as a weird thing. Um, like when I first went to Amsterdam, we got a hotel and they were leading us to our room and three sex workers just w- walked by. They were very obviously oh. just leaving a gig and they're in the door person's like, oh yeah, it's just Amsterdam. It's just like such uh. a normal thing there that it's just like such a heartwarming thing. I feel like just as a sex worker, my boundaries are so much higher when I'm after I visit Amsterdam because I'm like, it's a normal job, you know, when you live I so many that. other places, just so you just feel criminalized, even if you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it must be, it must be so hard for um, escorts in the US and even perhaps porn performance. Like, do you, do you find that the porn laws in the United States can be difficult to navigate or are they, are they fairly open? They're pretty open. I mean, there's a state, it's um, called New Hampshire. It's in like um, right next to Canada. You can shoot anything anywhere except on like a state, um, Noah National Park. So you can shoot porn anywhere. So you could shoot it outside. You can shoot it in a hotel. You can use the city's real name, all that stuff. So it really depends on where you are, but I've never really had any legal issues with shooting porn here I've just had a lot of like different it's more tech related where I don't have a PayPal I don't have a Google wallet I've kind of gotten everything seized over stuff like a $30 cam show or something when I was 18. God yeah the the financial discrimination is such a headache for us and particularly I think for porn because you can't really pay for porn in cash (laughs) So you have well, to have like, yeah. Okay, the okay. Well, the positive thing is um, our credit card processor for Trouble Films is located in Amsterdam. So right. the laws are completely different. We have had issues though. Um, our Bank of America account for the company got seized because of the credit card processor because they um, viewed the Dutch credit card processor as doing things that support terroristic groups and all this crazy shit because they support sex work yeah (laughs) so it's a wild experience it's always a little bit of a thing but yeah if you ever need a credit card processor Veritel in the Netherlands is they're really amazing people and they you we don't really have any restrictions for what we can shoot and what we can't shoot compared to so many things like MasterCard and Visa I love that um Veritel thanks for the Thanks for the recommendation. But yeah, of course. Honestly, I feel like terroristic uh, activities, that is like a new one. I actually yeah. haven't heard that one before. That is like quite a long bow. Like to yeah, jump. a little bit. It's, yeah, I just, I feel like that's why Decrim is so important so that these other companies aren't treating us like criminals in every single way. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Decrim, I guess I was going to make the comment like regarding porn and sex work in Australia versus the United States we kind of have this opposite situation where in Australia sex work is mostly either decriminalized or like legalized Mm -hmm. Um, but we have really really strict porn laws which actually I think technically you know it's it's basically like illegal to shoot any kind of porn except in uh, the ACT and the Northern Territory. 
Um, so as a result, we have this really tiny porn industry, but we have, but like a, a pretty like uh, vibrant, like escorting industry. Yeah, it um, seems whereas, like escorting's the main thing there. Yeah, and I guess like in in the United States, it's kind of the opposite, where like you can you can you have so much more liberty like to shoot porn, but if you want to be an escort, it's like no, 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 totally criminalized. Yeah, I feel like particularly since the pandemic, everyone in the United States has an OnlyFans or something like that. Now it's just so normalized, and even girls mm. just camming. I feel like it's such a big significant change here but it's really interesting how it's like the opposite essentially that porn is so hard to be made there yes I think our porn laws were outdated about 20 years ago and they've never been supportive of sex workers safety or human rights and we actually have this new thing called the online safety bill coming in in the next year which has been described as like Australia's foster sister which essentially gives like a single person called the online safety commissioner like the power to determine whether or not uh something is obscene um <laughs> yeah it's it, I, I don't know the details of it but hopefully it's not too um devastating to that industry that's it's so wild when they write those bills and it's like oh it's gonna be one person I think they tried to do something like that in the UK too and it was like this person would need to watch three months of footage every single day to figure this out in a year or something it's just like truly impossible (laughs) can you imagine the person whose job it is to watch all the porn on the internet (laughs) You just become so desensitized to it. I mean, as as you know from someone who edits porn, after a while, like nude bodies are just like, oh yeah, someone's just naked. Totally. You're just looking. You're just thinking about the framing of like, okay, did I get that in in the shot? And like, how clearly can I see that? Or how did that? You know, where's the light? So technical. So, did you like always edit stuff? Like, is that something you wanted to always do with your porn? Like, do you think if you weren't making porn right now, do you think you'd still be doing editing in some capacity? Um, I really loved, I, I still love photo editing, but uh, while I was working as a photo editor, I actually developed like really severe um, repetitive strain injury. Mm. So it kind of prevented me from being able to do photo editing for a while. Um, and I'm only just starting to learn video editing, um, which I find really quite hard. Uh, so yeah, I feel like I'd love to do like photo editing or graphic design or something like that. And maybe once I really get my head around, um, Premiere Pro, I'll love video editing just as much. (laughs) Yeah, video editing. I feel like it's just so tedious and you have to look at yourself too much. It's a lot. Yeah, I think luckily, because I haven't, I mean, I've only really been creating my own content for like a year or so. I'm not too sick of it. And I, most of the stuff that's on like my many vids, I honestly, like I've literally shot with one camera and no edits. 
because I'm like, I want to reduce the amount of work that I put into this as much as possible. (laughs) I I feel like that's so important. Yeah. I was on an interview earlier and someone was like, what should I do to start porn? I'm like, just shoot stuff on your own. Like you can do one camera, no edits. You can put stuff out no matter what. Yeah. And I think that there's also a real market for that kind of thing that looks like totally homegrown. Like someone's Mm -hmm. just jerking off and they've decided, oh, I'm going to whip out my phone and, you know, film it because I'm so turned on. Like, but people, people love that as well. Yeah. I feel like that's like all of Australian porn where it's just like, oh yeah. Like the girl you went to high school with, (laughs) like, it feels like that's the aesthetic where it's like, oh yeah, girl's kind of hipster, hairy, gay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, so three Australian um, sex workers released memoirs in the last year, Um, Tilly Lawless, Gia James, and Bella Green, Mm -hmm. and I think, yeah, and they're, they're all, like, yeah, bisexual or would maybe consider themselves predominantly, like, attracted to women, so I feel like it kind of, I don't know. <laughs> just makes it feel like every like sex worker or porn performer is gay to some degree yeah I feel yeah. like there's definitely that I it's like in Cardi B songs how she always raps about like hooking up with girls it's like she's not gay but she's like been in this industry long enough where you're a little bit gay yeah yeah absolutely um I yeah I used to be one of those people who would say like I mean everybody's like a little bit gay and I realized that that probably just means that like you're by <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> um so yeah like what porn were you watching a lot of porn during this time when you first started making porn like were you influenced by anyone specifically or looked up to anyone's work um I remember so um I shot a film with Light Southern called Momentum 4, which showed at the Berlin Film Festival in 2016. So I attended that and I remember a particular scene by Shine Louise Houston it was probably just like a crash pad episode. Yeah. I think I remember. Yeah. And that they, they showed it at the, um, at the porn film festival. And I remember thinking that it was like my personal love, like porn love letter. Like it was just all of the things that I love. Yeah. Sex just like wrapped up in a pretty parcel <laughs> for me. I feel. I feel like Berlin, like the Berlin Porn Film Festival does that so much where you just see stuff and you're like, this is literally my favorite thing. And I had no idea it existed like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, totally. Like I, so in Australian porn, you're almost never allowed to use toys in girl, girl shoots. So there's no strap on at all. Like that's not a thing. No. And that kind of, I think when I was younger, I remember when I was buying my first strap on and I was at like the sex shop with my friends and it was actually for an Ursi shoot. 
and I remember being at the sex shop and thinking like and asking my friend like is it is it like okay that I that I buy this does this make me like less queer because I want to use a strap on and she was like no like like lots of queer people use that for sex that's like totally normal I feel like that makes you more gay (laughs) yeah I know but I think in my mind I was like because I think it had been this like forbidden thing from for me for like so many Mm. years where I was like I had this idea that I like wasn't a real like I don't know you know it wasn't real sex if it involved toys or something oh you had that for a while I see yeah well not not internally but that's kind of what I was told by like all the companies that would always say no toys no toys no toys every shoot um they'd be like no we just want natural sex like oral and fingering and stuff which is like great but it's like you're cutting out so many possibilities by always banning toys in girl girl shoots yeah, I wonder if that's what just keeps it so like softcore is that they're yeah. just like, oh, we can't do any toys or it's going to be like a strap on scenes a little bit hardcore. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for Australian porn. Yeah, they'd be like, wow. They'd be like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit much. Whereas I'm like, what? A strap on. Um, Were you able to shoot porn like strap on porn? Uh, yeah, I did it. I did a shoot for SCs with a with a strap on, but then more recently, I shot with Marina Lee. Um, oh my god, because, I love Marina. She's so great. Well, she. I actually met her properly at the Porn Film Festival in 2016 when we were there together. Okay. And I'd kind of known of her through the porn scene. And, you know, we kind of met and I think she, I, I had said, oh, I just, I just quit my job as a um, image editor. And she was like, what do you, what do you want to do now? And I was like, well, I think I might get into escorting, but I think I'm too socially anxious. And she was like, oh, you know, well, in escorting, like, if things get awkward, you can just fuck. And I was like, oh, wow. You've, like, blown my mind. It's so true. Oh, my God. That's so funny. (laughs) That's such good advice, though. It really is. Yeah, totally. And I think that, yeah, that was kind of the moment where I was, where I thought, okay, I could actually do this. Like, I could actually be an escort. And she, like, we became quite close and she really helped me so much in starting out with escorting um and we've been like we've been really good friends ever since oh that's so great yeah she um actually went to my hometown and shot a scene and then she yeah she, then she actually shot a scene at my house in the bay area Whoa. yeah yeah she's really cool I really hope to have her on this podcast her story seems so interesting too because she was like in porn since like 18 and I find that so interesting the people who just like knew that this was going to be the thing for them just like straight out you know absolutely and now like you know however many years later they're they're still as committed to it as they were at the start um yeah that's so interesting did she um I know she shot with Owen Gray 
uh, in the States, but who else did she shoot with? Um, I don't know. She, yeah, we did a thing for my movie Femme for Femme that was like all lesbian stuff. Um, in my living room, actually, <laughs> that's where we shot the scene. And then um, um, I had a movie called Queer Porn Americana. And I was in my hometown and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to find performers. And she's like, oh, no, I'll come. And I'm like, you're five out a five hour plane ride away. So she flew in just for the day to shoot that. I'm like, OK, <laughs> you're good. Oh, but um, I love that. So my hometown is very Midwestern. So the food is like very... Um, just like not vegetables or greens. And we went out to a restaurant and she was like, do you have a salad? And they're like, we have like tater tots. <laughs> I'm just like, it's a little bit different than Australia in the American Midwest. But yeah, she's great. I really hope to talk to her on here. Yeah, I am. Um, I think she'd really like to talk to you as well. Um, I actually shot with her professionally for the first time last week um and it was just like so much fun because we because we're both quite experienced performers what the companies will usually do is pair us with newbies Mm. so that we can kind of guide them or yeah you know like help them out I guess in the shoot so we'd never been paired with each other and it was just like the best experience like working with someone who has been a close friend of mine you know who I've had group sex with like outside of work we've done so many uh escorting doubles um she's just like really really good with with consent and like everything so yeah I feel like if there's if I could only shoot with one person for the rest of my porn career I would choose Marina Lee Half of this like podcast is now just like a Marina Lee fan podcast. <laughs> Whoops. I, I love that though. Like yeah, She's I was wondering. Great. I'm like, I'm like Australian porn small. I'm sure you guys know each other before we started this. Yeah. I mean, there's only like it's only really like four companies in Australia, four porn companies. But over the last two years, I mean as the same like the same thing has happened as has happened in the rest of the world where you know like porn performers have kind of taken over the means of production and yeah it's much more like there's so much more homemade uh content than there is like content made by big companies so it doesn't really matter anymore yeah it's so radically different that's just these studios really don't hold the power that they used to hold. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of great because it does allow people more freedom, I guess, to direct their own uh, shoots. But at the same time, it is kind of, it's a very different way to work of working. Like, it's it it always feels to me like a lot of work for no pay and then once I've published it and I start selling it I'm like oh okay finally I'm getting paid for it but like as opposed to like turning up to like an escorting booking getting like five hundred dollars in a in an hour and then like going home it it's like a much more delayed gratification 
you really almost have to start viewing it as your art project at some point because you're like, yeah. I'm not going to see any profit from this probably until, you know, seven months after I shot it. Like production's so long, I feel like. It mm. took me two years to finish a movie once. And it's just like during that process, you just kind of have to deal with it and just keep working on it. Yeah, wow. Have you shot many like um, feature films? Is that kind of your, um, yeah. so what we do a lot is we do a lot of um <clears throat> like compilation stuff so we'll do like four scenes or whatever and have it be around a specific theme or around a specific aesthetic and then release as a film so actual narrative films we've as trouble films i wrote one and we did it like from like the whole thing, which was very, very difficult with like doing B-roll. And I think we did five scenes. There was a gangbang in it with like 19 people. Wow. It was like a whole production that was like eight months. Um, yeah. And that was wow. really, really hard. But ever since I'm more just do like a theme of like, okay, I'm going to come up with five BDSM scenes and turn that into a movie or I want to shoot five art porn scenes and turn that into a movie. So that's kind of how yeah. I make stuff now. How do you make stuff right now? Um, I was just going to say, I love that you have the freedom to do things like BDSM. Like I feel like the porn laws in Australia have really scared people away from creating that kind of content here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome that you that you have the freedom to do that. Yeah, I moved um, here for BDSM yeah. basically. Um, you know the kink.com armory? Mm-hmm. Yeah, their castle. I worked there for like nine months. That's why I moved to the Bay originally. Which is cool. It was an experience. <laughs> I'm going to leave it yeah. at that. It was an experience. Okay. I'm happy it's closed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this shooting with companies is often a a complex a complex thing you know yeah I feel like we all see stuff that we're like wow that's not that's not great but yeah it's um it's it's funny like I think you know it's often and and it can often be the companies that describe themselves as ethical that that are kind of being really quite unethical um and I think in Australia it's like we have this idea that like oh if it's you know like a really soft core sorry can you hear that noise in the background should I stop um not really I think it's fine okay um in Australia we have this idea that like if it's like a soft core shoot that it's got to be like less you know um dangerous or more ethical Mm -hmm. than like say a BDSM shoot but it's like you know having a first-time performer who's like not been given the space to um have a boundaries discussion Mm -hmm. and has been giving really harsh like feedback in her first ever shoot and her first ever sex with a girl like is kind of more unethical than like it's definitely more unethical than like say a consensual non-consent scene between two performers who are fully able to navigate that and they're like super into it. <laughs> it's, um, I wish yeah. there was like more of a system for to protect 
performers really new into the industry because you truly know nothing going into your first few shoots, I feel like. Yeah, I was actually talking to somebody about this um, yesterday about having resources specifically for porn performers because I find that that's often people's entry into the sex industry and there can be companies that prey on inexperienced people for sure um so yeah we're kind of looking into making resources for like newbie porn performers because they kind of exist for like newbie um like brothel workers Mm -hmm. escorts in Australia but not so much for porn performers yeah yeah I really hope there's more resources created I mean I feel like from when I started porn to now I feel like there's so many more resources at these campsites Mm. and adult conventions like AVN actually now have like stuff for mental health and actually are making at least some sort of effort where before I went there was just nothing and you you go to these industry events there's girls having panic attacks there's all sorts of drama going on you know yeah so I just feel like it's just so important to actually think about performer mental health and I'm happy it's like finally starting to happen a little bit but I think there's still so much ways to go yeah it's it's nice to see how much things have changed in the time that we've been in the industry but I do feel good I guess for the people who come after us like hopefully they'll have more resources and be more savvy and not you know be taken advantage of in perhaps the ways that some people were I mean like the the company that I first worked for started in 2003 which is around the time there were kind of like three companies in Australia that was like Girls Out West, Abby Winters and the one that I worked for and when they would recruit people in 2003 like people didn't have Facebook they didn't have Instagram they didn't have an online presence like they weren't aware of like crafting their image online in a way that everybody is so acutely aware of nowadays Mm -hmm. I think people would just do shoots and think like oh it'll go on the internet somewhere I'll never see it again whatever and um and maybe would do things that like I don't know they they wouldn't necessarily have done had they had more knowledge of of exactly how long that would be around for whereas now I feel like people going into the industry it's like we know the internet is forever and you know I think we know more like uh what the consequences can be and that kind of thing yeah, I totally agree. I also also feel like performers have such more of a way to work and produce stuff on their own now that there truly wasn't when we both got into this industry. Mm, like yeah. you could shoot stuff on your web camera, but like there was nowhere to sell it. It was yeah. just like, oh, maybe I'll put it on a tube site and maybe I'll get more advertisement for whatever I'm trying to do, whether it's camming or whatever, you know, I feel like it's just so different now. Yeah, I mean, I used to go on like Omegle and like literally do like cam shows on Omegle. Oh, damn. Yeah, I think yeah. I had a moment of that at some point in my life where I was just being slutty on camera before I realized I could make money for being slutty on camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good that you were able to 
access that like early on in your career um like yeah like getting paid work through Canon yeah yeah that was definitely I just needed the money more than anything my partner was really wanted us to cam and something I wanted to do for a little bit but yeah it just kind of started happening and I was like wait I can make this amount of money just staying in my house right now like that first $20 you make on camera it feels so intense because you're just like wow this just appeared out of nothing I'm literally just in my bedroom right now yeah I think the, the first time I got paid for camming was through Abby Winters where they would they do like two different um, versions. So that would be like a kind of pre-scheduled cam show that anyone could log into and watch and you'd just get paid a set amount for that. Or there would be like private cam shows where you'd kind of go online and you'd just be like hanging out and then people would like book you. I think my rate was like $3.50 a minute or something like that. I remember thinking like, I'm getting paid like, Oh, maybe it was like five dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like getting paid like three dollars fifty a minute <laughs> for just for like camming. Yeah, like I could. Yeah, like I don't know. It just felt. I don't know. It's it's really fun when you first get that like taste of like sex work yeah. money. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, or like your first few shoots where you're like, wow, I want this feeling forever. This was so great. Absolutely, like when you can do a couple of hours of work and then you have like. in your wallet and you're like whoa oh my god like that's what I would get paid in a week usually yeah it's just such a cool experience I I just genuinely love porn so much that's kind of why I have this podcast I feel like just because I just love talking about it with basically everyone and I just love that it's like so global and so different everywhere it is yeah I think there are so many differences like between yeah the Australian the European and American scene um yeah unfortunately I can't can't visit America because I mean you shouldn't laws. <laughs> okay <laughs> just just skip on maybe it. I'll wait it out a little bit <laughs> yeah is um, Australia still on some form of lockdown well uh Melbourne is the most lockdown city in the world um we went through over 200 days of lockdown in the last two years um and i think we're only just starting to allow international travel again wow and there are like still quite strict restrictions about going between states yeah yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's really pandemics hard. hit us kind of differently yeah I feel As like well. both Australia and New Zealand took it so much more seriously than the rest of the world like I feel like here we have a really strict protocol now where you can't go into restaurants without a vaccination you can't go anywhere without a mask but we really haven't gone to lockdown since probably like last year yeah wow yeah anyway it's uh it's looking better now we're coming into summer now so yeah oh yeah you are more yeah more freedom and more outdoor shoots and that kind of thing 
I feel like just nature is such a part of Australian born. I think that's like the coolest thing. Yeah, I really agree. I think um, it's definitely one of like shooting in nature in Australia is one of my favorite things um, because the bush here can be so magical and just so awe-inspiringly beautiful that it does kind of yeah it does kind of fit with the whole like I don't know natural girl next door kind of thing but it just makes you feel free like being naked and expressing your sexuality like out in the open where Mm -hmm. you're the only person around and you're surrounded by trees and streams and like grass and yeah yeah yeah, it's just so cool. It's worked its way into the porn. But so I have two more questions for you. I don't want to keep you all day. Um, so you've obviously accomplished a lot in your last now 10 years. This is your 10 year anniversary of sex work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So what do you wish that you still want to accomplish in the future? Um, from an escorting side, I- <laughs> I'd really like to get a website and uh, raise my rates. But from a porn perspective, um, I did I did a, a scene that was kind of more hardcore than other scenes that I've shot. It was like a blow bang scene where I was like getting just like roughly face fucked by like three guys with like really big cocks and I love I really love deep throating and mm-hmm. it puts it kind of puts me into like subspace so like after that oh, scene, definitely. I was just like list out like how like having three guys like come on my face I was just like in heaven like I was so happy but I feel like that scene really didn't fit or it really doesn't like fit with the image that's been crafted of me so far but it's personally something that I really like um so I feel like I'd like to explore more like I don't know like harder stuff like more group sex um maybe more like BDSM yeah I don't know just have a bit more a bit more freedom to shoot that's amazing porn I just love that like porn can be a space for that where you're like want to do a gangbang or some really intense BDSM that you have the space to do it in a safe way and then you have this footage afterwards like I'm super terrified of electricity and I wanted to do electricity scene and it was like I was like crying but at least I'm now now I'm like wow I have this really great scene from it I was terrified yeah like that was genuine oh yeah 100% genuine fears and tears yeah 100% so good but at the same time like completely like consensual and just like oh yeah definitely a really blissful experience for you yeah (laughs) yeah that's just like what I love about BDSM porn as a whole though is you can try all these really intense things that would really be hard to do logistically in real life or not be safe and just to know that you're working with other professionals with it I feel like it's such a great experience yeah absolutely um Yes, especially in around BDSM, I think people can 
become particularly like literate in in consent. Yeah. Well, I have one more question for you. First off, thanks so much for talking to me. This has been such a great experience. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. It's it's been really nice to learn about you, and um, I hope I've given people a little taste of the Australian porn industry as well. I think you definitely have. Like, I think you, that you covered the aesthetic that you're like, okay, there's hairy, it's gay, it's outside. <laughs> Is that like yeah. kind of, it really provides a good, like, just a visual aesthetic, I think of the whole vibe. Um, so yeah. this is the most out there question I ask us to everyone. If you could magically change one thing in porn, so like tomorrow when you wake up, it's totally different, what would it be? Uh, I think this will touch on a theme that I've probably covered quite a lot in this podcast already, but um, I just like everybody to be uh, better at communicating about consent. That's a really good and, one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just really wish for people going into porn, like moving forward, that they are able to express their boundaries and respect other people's boundaries and not feel pressured to do uh, anything that they're, that they're not comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to end it because I feel like that really goes through the whole conversation we had too. Yeah, yeah. And I think with porn moving more into being, um, you know, produced by the performers, mm -hmm. that is kind of happening. Like people are getting yeah. more agency over these kinds of things. And it's kind of funny that like the first company that I ever worked for had this idea in, 20, in 2003 of like, oh, let's get women to like shoot photos of themselves. And it was a really <laughs> radical idea then, but I feel like that company itself hasn't adapted to the way that the market's changed and that the market has changed to, to genuinely give uh, performers like full control over what they shoot. Yeah. And it has become kind of the vision that this company wanted back in 2003, but, but yeah. 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 It's, it's just so amazing that, the more porn goes on, the more it's going to become decentralized. And just knowing that's mm. happening is just so great. Just knowing that these studios who thought they controlled the entire porn industry yeah, really don't. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. Um, but also on that note, editing and shooting porn is like so much work. And <laughs> it's so much work and so hard. And I hate it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> totally and if you're listening to this like please pay for our porn like yes it makes us so happy when when you buy our porn and pay for our labor that we produce for you yes where can everyone find you on social media um i'm on twitter as laney day x and i'm on many vids as laney day and if you're in Australia and you'd like to book me as an escort, you can find me on Scarlet Blue and Ivy Society. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Hi, Chelsea. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you.